What's up, everything? Time to play a new game called Is the Blues Season Over or Do We Just Need to Go to Sleep? We'll be discussing the four games this week, including the three losses and the one win that seems oh so long ago. Then we'll address all the seeming chaos within the Blues organization and some of the chaos without, and we'll do it with our trademark smile. Just kidding, we'll be angry. Very, very angry. You've been warned, so let's get started and let's go Blues. Two Guys No Cup Podcast. It is Friday, March 15th. Beware the Ides of March because the blues are not so good. <laughs> Ian, how are you doing on this? I'm just going to spitball 2057th anniversary of Caesar's betrayal in the Senate. Uh, I'm doing fairly well. Um, I was going to ask you exactly what the Ides of March are, so that's what it is. And now I know. I'm going to look it up as we keep speaking. Uh, we are, as I said, I believe I said, the Two Guys No Cup podcast. We're coming to you from our dark and unkempt studios inside the room in Mike Yo's Scarborough, Ontario resti- residence, where he occasionally watches blues games and laughs maniacally. I hadn't done a very long and unnecessarily intricate one for a long time, so now now it's done. How'd that feel? How'd that go down? Good. March 15th, 44 BC. Check the tape, but that's pretty close to what I said. <laughs> Insert what you just said here. Plus 44. No, it's not. I was off. I said like 57. And that would be like... Oh God, not even close. Like 63. But still, I'm pretty impressed. Um, so, <laughs> we've, we've put it off long enough. Have we? Ian, what did you do this week? We haven't put it off long enough. Tell us about your life. You oh, got nothing? Know. Nothing. I'm done with my old job, and I'm starting a new job on Monday. Hooray! You know, you know what I did? I'm just going to waste people's time by not talking about the blues. On Tuesday, I took a road trip with a friend down to Lexington, Kentucky, which is really over to Lexington. There's not a whole lot of down going on. You go on, a little down. A little down, but a lot of over. Uh, to see the band Mumford & Sons re- perform, and I know some people just laughed and scoffed into their earphones, and I don't appreciate them. No, I recognize that they're not um, everybody's cup of tea, and that's fine, but they are mine, and it was awesome. They are really good showmen, and if you like them or tolerate them even a little bit, you should try and get to a show, because it's pretty hilarious, and it's really cool at the same time. Also, two couples in front of me. The couple directly in front of me was sitting the entire time while people were standing through the whole concert, which is their right to do. They're welcome to sit. Um, but, you know, kind of weird. Like, mm. why'd you come if you just going to be spoiled? <laughs> I'm being honest, a little weird up there. <laughs> but real weird was the couple in front of them who were just getting it 
on in the rough arena mm. the entire night. Tongues down, throats, hands on asses, just the whole... Ooh. Like, how they... Why they didn't spend the... Give or take, take a little bit, but just under $200 on tickets for two people to just buy a hotel room in which they could perform those activities and go further... Or so it has been explained to me. <laughs> Some people like the public aspect of those acts. <laughs> I guess so. And to them, hear, hear. <laughs> um, so they were just slobbing each other's knobs, eh? Pretty much, yeah. Mm. I feel like I paid for a Mumford and show, Son show and then got a whole different show for free. Which isn't even to mention the guy who was like... So they had the big floor, which is like basketball court sized. And they had a pretty small stage in the center of it. And they had people on both sides and, and Marcus Mumford would just kind of like rove back and forth and like be a super showman or whatever. But like... Because they had this huge floor space, it wasn't, like, filled up. And so there were big empty spaces at the back. And during the entire pre-show, there was a dude just, like, dancing his heart out in, like, the middle of the empty floor space. So that was one show. Cat Power was technically the opener. But for me, the openers were really floor dancing man and throat-sucking couple, and <laughs> it was worth the price of admission for those three alone. That sounds like vampires. I agree. And they probably were. They probably were. A lot of weird stuff goes on in Lexington. Uh, Ian, on Wednesday night, right after I got back into town, we would have almost forgotten to talk about this because we're bad people, but we didn't. Uh, we had the... I fir- put this in the notes. We did. You did. And then when I said, have we delayed enough, you were like, no, let's just go on and ignore everything mm. else. Uh, we had the first annual, hopefully annual, uh, supposedly pr- uh, annual... <laughs> Is that a word? I'm very tired. I've been up for a lot of hours. But the first ever Gateway Casters Cup, we were not victorious, as we'll explain in a moment, but came oh so close. Uh, This was our friend 14th and Clark, who who you should follow on Twitter. That's not his given name. His given name is Jeff, but he goes by 14th and Clark on Twitter. Um... (laughs) He organized this as kind of a tribute to uh, his girlfriend's father, who recently got diagnosed with Parkinson's, and he wanted to do something to raise money. Uh, And he got us involved and and Let's Go Blues Radio involved and some other fine folks from Twitter, and we all got together. Twitter notables. Yes, indeed. And we all got together at Center Ice Brewery and had a trivia contest and raised over $400 for... Uh, charity. He was gracious enough to let us all pick our own charity. Uh, We chose The Covering House, which is for victims of sex trafficking, which is not a fun topic, but it is an important charity. And um, we all got to donate a little bit to those respective charities. I believe uh, Friends of Kids with Cancer and Shriners Children were the other two. as well as the Parkinson's Foundation, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a fun night. It was very much like a blues season for us, in as you said, <laughs> in which we came in with no expectations, performed better than we should have, and then by the end of it, we're so set on winning that we were absolutely destroyed when we took a defeat. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we've experienced that roller coaster many times, but it never hurts any less. Your thoughts on the first ever Blues Gateway Casters Cup? I had a lot of fun. Uh, I think Jeff came up with some really good questions. Yeah, ones that I really didn't think I don't I didn't think could be questions. Which is good because if he'd asked more traditional, like who's sixth all time in points, Mm -hmm. we would have been sunk. No, yeah, it was. I think we did much better with these non-traditional <laughs> ones. I mean, I would have come up with bullshit questions like, "Who's number six on the Blues?" or reverse, <laughs> "What number does Joel Edmondson wear?" <laughs> and it would have been way too easy. Uh, it was really fun. It was kind of interesting uh, just hearing other people talk hockey in depth around you because you don't hear that as much, mm. other than at a Blues game. And even then. Everyone's just kind of watching. They're not Even so much then, it's talking people about talking it. about how great the Kings. Yeah, game some is. bullshit motherfucker behind you <laughs> talking about how the LA Kings are like number one. How Ottawa's just you know chugging uh, along like a regular team. Um, yeah, it was really cool. It was cool to meet the guys at the Let's Go Blues podcast. Um, yeah, just a really we fun had a group lot of, of people fun with those guys, Kurt and. Um, and thanks to our team for propelling God, us half asleep. <laughs> to our second place victory. Second Jeff, place victory. Jeff, we love you. You're one of the thousand Jeffs that were there that night. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I literally. Thanks, been Jeff. Up all day. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Hefe. <laughs> uh, so thank you to all the Jeffs who were involved, which is literally at least four. Mm-hmm. At least four that I'm sure of. Um, and then a secret possibly more but yeah it was a great event we raised over $400 at the end of the night which is the most important thing had some beer had some laugh met laughs met some people (laughs) Um, and I'm really looking forward uh, hoping that we do this again and we can make it even bigger because it was an awesome time yeah um Now we have put it off long enough. Now we have stalled as long as we possibly could. We've got to talk about the Blues games. Thankfully, they started with a win, but also not thankfully, because we're just going to like shoot through this win, and then it's just going to be all suffering for the rest of the podcast. Uh, But the Blues did beat the Los Angeles Kings 4-0 last Thursday night while and after we were recording. Does this not seem like a decade ago, like a literal decade mm-hmm. ago? It feels like it's been a while since we recorded, and now I remember this first goal by Tarasenko we talked about during the last podcast. Mm-hmm. It wow. happened then. We're traveling back in time to a time when Vladimir Tarasenko could walk. Um, <laughs> let's just make it as bad as possible. The diagnosis is grim, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Jake Allen started and got the shutout in this one. Tarasenko's got his goal 25 seconds into the second period. Nice, typical sort of snipe. Uh, Braden Shen made a nice pass in center ice, and it was just Tarasenko from there on out. Shen kind of... Um, sort of just set a pick on Drew Doughty, which, like, why is he... Poor guy. Like, I just feel... For Kopitar and Doughty, the two guys that still have skill on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, Any thoughts on that goal? None. Good. Tyler Bozak scored his 11th goal of the season, heating up Tyler Bozak. He's really been just adequate since he was kind mm-hmm. of bad to start the year. Um, Tyler goals that. <laughs> I think they called him on KMOA. Oh, boy. Probably. Uh, Joel Evanson, ninth, and Robert Thomas's eponymous 18th assist. Not too um, bad. Not bad. He's he's heating up. He's getting back to good, you might say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I go there. 
there all the time, but it's real easy. Uh, <laughs> Bozak just gets a rebound here that he knocks in. Good work, Bozak. Quick. Was it quick? Is not so thrilled. Oh, no, it wasn't a rebound. It five-holed him nastily. I was looking at the wrong part of the gif. Gross! And then Ryan O'Reilly <laughs> scored his 26th goal with two seconds left. Uh, a lot of late goals scored here by the Blues this week. Those are daggers. They normally theoretically are. <laughs> this one was Shin Tarasenko scoring. It was pretty much text textbook after that, except for John Hamm's cameo in mm. the Fox Sports Midwest booth, which was fun and enjoyable and interesting because he's not like a he's not your typical like oh I'm a celebrity but I love the wait for it, Cardinals or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's like, he was like dropping Ian LaPierre references. I was like, holy shit, John. Mm -hmm. <laughs> didn't you have like a job at John Burroughs or is this all you did? He didn't like it very much. <laughs> and who would? Sorry Suck to, it, John Burroughs. Sorry to our John Burroughs listeners take, out there. Take, we don't have any. They're far too successful to listen take to. Take a guess. What were the John Burroughs, what, what's their mascot, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> the white collars. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the fighting <laughs> fanatics. I've got no, no idea. Fighting I've got no fanatics? Clue. I've got no clue. Oh, I'm glad I found this real quick. They are the bombers. <laughs> At least their mascot is the bombers. Not acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> their colors are blue and gold. And their enrollment is 600. Uh-huh, and they're... Uh, but their the... campus is about the size of Truman. <laughs> yeah, it's not a joke. And they're... Uh, what's the word for colleges like a money account? And their endowment. Their endowment oh. <laughs> is like $11 billion. Mm. Um, you could say they're well endowed. <laughs> but you wouldn't. So the Blues beat the Kings 4 to nothing. The Kings are a piss poor, awful team. And but their forecheck <laughs> is one to be right Their trap with. game and their forecheck. Mm -mm -mm -mm. According to the genius behind it. <laughs> that was the night Mike Yo was fired, yeah. right? The well, same, that what same are you night do? he asked, Why are we booing? Because this team is terrible, that mister. Was it was, was he Mike Yo's dad, Bertrand's? <laughs> my, my sweet bald boy. <laughs> um, so the Blues would go on down, go on up the coast to play San Jose. The next Was it the next day, or was there a game Yeah, it was break? the next day. Um, or, no, it was a break. Sorry, Saturday. Yeah, so Tarasenko, after the last game, was out with an upper body injury and will never return. We'll get to that much later. Schwartz moved up to the top line with O'Reilly and Shin and did not look good. Sanford slotted into the lineup and did not look good. <laughs> Allen started after a shutout in Los Angeles and looked adequate but not great. Um, I really wanted to do the parallelism, but sometimes you just can't, folks. I'm a journalist, and I'm bound by the truth. Um, <laughs> what? Patrick Maroon, yes, we've never told the truth on this show. <laughs> Patrick Maroon opens the scoring, his fifth goal of the season. Woof. Maroon 5, though, there you go. Mm. Didn't have the meaning we'd hope it'd have. Uh, he scored <laughs> off of the Pareko signature, fire the puck off the end boards and hope something happens move, and he was there to just tuck it in. It was a nice lead, but one that dwindled, dwindled quickly. 
after Timo Meyer scored his 25th of the season. Breakout season for that kid. Breakout season. He, funny fact that I've probably repeated many times before, is the pick that the Blues would have received had the hypothetical Oshie and Shattenkirk for Tomas Hurdle and a first-round pick trade that was very close to materializing actually happened. I'll take that trade. I I would now, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Capitals trade Oshie and the Rangers trade Shattenkirk and we get Meyer and Hurdle. Mm-hmm. I'm down. Uh, this was a... F- this was I don't know what this was. He took a shot and it bounced behind, and Thornton got it and dished it in front to Meyer, and it was whatever. And Meyer should have been marked by the defense, but at the same time, this just five hold Allen brutally. And I know that I didn't transfer that specific gif over, but it was just not. It was just not good. <laughs> and I know, like I. His goal, his defense did hang him out to dry. We, I feel like we have to walk on such eggshells anytime we criticize a goalie. I'm not saying it's all his fault. It's definitely partially his fault. And that's the end of the story. Sharks <laughs> score again about four minutes later. Timo Meyer again, this time Logan Couture, and fellow former future Blue Thomas Hurdle <laughs> got in on the assist. <laughs> former future. Um, the rare defensive mistake from Ryan O'Reilly led to this one as he tried to lunge at a puck against the boards and left let it get through to Couture, who dished to a then-wide-open Meyer, who dipsy-doodled around Allen and beat him pretty easily. This one is not as much on Allen. He was totally left out to dry, um, but Meyer did make a good move, and Allen did not stop it. Um, did you like how I didn't editorialize there? I just moved right through the action. Yeah. Any thoughts through one period, Ian? Uh, this was a loss. I had already... You'd already circled it on your calendar. I circled as a loss before Patrick Maroon scored the first goal <laughs> of the game. And those two quick team of Meyer goals were like, yeah, this seems about right. But Ian, Braden Shin scored with three seconds left in the second period after a great zone entry by uh, Tyler Bozak, Tyler Golzak, who did mm-hmm. not get an assist. Shin got it, and he passed it to Barquay Goudreau in the slot, who politely held the puck in, his pl- <laughs> in place on his stick so that Shin could come over and knock it in net. Not a pretty goal for the Sharks' defense. It was technically a power play goal for the Blues, and it happened with uh, basically two seconds left, about the same as the O'Reilly shot. Uh, And it was 2-2. Those late goals, Ian, you got to capitalize on the momentum, and did we? Mm -hmm. Third period was interesting. Thank you for your enthusiastic response. The third period was... (laughs) No goals were scored, but it was all Sharks, like, the whole period. Oh, yeah, Minus maybe, like, two minutes in the middle for the Blues. Not great. So, I mean, in that regard, they looked good because they kept it 2-2. And they at least earned themselves a point as they went to OT. I'm already and always sick of the loser point. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't like shootouts, and I'm slowly starting to hate like even three on three overtime. The Flyers made that Maple Leafs game seven to six, um, but that has nothing to do with this game, which the Sharks won in overtime, three minutes and twenty one seconds in. After Kevin LeBlanc, I'll be there for um, you. Oh, the Matt LeBlanc! I Matt got LeBlanc. it. it. Took me a minute, but F- I got folks. It. You got to watch Friends. It's a great gem. <laughs> it's an well, underrated. Yeah. <laughs> Rarely discussed sitcom from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of really just 
unheralded talents in that show. I feel like everyone was watching far and wide that Ellen DeGeneres mm-hmm. uh, sitcom and no one was watching People were Friends. ignoring the unheralded beauty and acting talent that is Jennifer Aniston and whoever mm. else is on that show. David Schwimmer plays a mean <laughs> Kardashian and there you go. And I, Joey, weirdly, is like the most successful of those people now, somehow. How? I don't know. Anyway, Kevin LeBlanc is the most successful of the goal scorers in this overtime period. <laughs> and he yes. got a pass from Wogan Couture. And <clears throat> the aforementioned former future Blue Thomas Hurdle. And he knocked it in past Allen. Game over. What do you think about on this play? Schwartz's shitty attempt at stopping no, it's things? Not, well, Schwartz has a shitty attempt there, but Petrangelo like just going full blast to try and pick off like the pass oh, like right yeah. in the neutral zone. You know what? I don't hate it because yeah. if he's if he's gone, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And you probably win. Three on three. Where do you stand it's on all, three on three in general? I mean, it's all risk and all Because I'm kind of like, just play it stupid. It's not worth having. Like, mm-hmm. it is worth having. It's fun. Fine. Decide the winner's point that way. But like, <clears throat> at the same time, you can't take it as seriously as you take a five on five because yeah. it's not possible to. It's just silly, and the fact that they, these guys have to practice it slightly uh-huh. in any form in off days seems kind of silly to me. Yeah. It's just like, and honestly, you have LeBanc and Couture and Hurdle on the ice. It's not necessarily your most potent scoring line, so mm-hmm. maybe it's worth taking the shot. It didn't pan out. I'm sure some people hated Petrangelo because. People enjoy hating on Petrangelo, which is fine. They're welcome to. But everyone's fine. You're all fine. You're great. He's fine. You're fine. We're all fine for ice cream. Um, you know how that made sense. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> strap in, folks. Yeah. Any more thoughts on this game? Um, I didn't like the loss. But I expected it, and so I just assumed moving forward the Blues would learn from this loss, just namely try harder. Uh-huh, um, and they did, right? Mm-hmm, and so I was hoping for it, but they did not. In fact, it got sadder. <laughs> At least the other thing was expected. The Sharks' loss to me was expected. Mm-hmm. Everything after was not expected. Uh, why don't you tell me more, since you're the, you're the person who was at the... Arizona game. Why don't you take us through it? <laughs> I will. I'm trying to look for our Corsi four for those periods, but it's not mm. coming quickly. The Arizona Coyotes beat the Blues in St. Louis this past Tuesday, three to one. Fantastic pregame. Thomas was placed on the first the line Arizona with O'Reilly and Coyotes. Shen. Uh, what's this? Yeah, O'Reilly and Shen with Thomas. Schwartz can get bent. Uh, Bennington and Nett. And did 61.1%. That was the Sharks' Corsi in the mm. third period. So yeah, I told you. All, all control all the time. Speaking of Corsi, in the first period of this game, Blues controlled the vast majority of the play, but never scored. Their Corsi 4 percentage was 72%. Holy smoke. I'll be honest, guys. Pretty pathetic that you don't score off a 72% Corsi 4. But Darcy Kemper was a net. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> so in the second period, about just over a minute in, the Coyotes scored their first goal. Richard Ponick is 13th of the season, unassisted, but really assisted by Jordan Bennington. Uh, Binner plays the puck behind the net and tries to backhand it to Schwartz. Schwartz is not expecting this no-look pass, 
and the puck goes right past him to Ponick along the half boards, and he rifles it into the empty net. You could blame Schwartz for not being ready, but I give most of the blame to Bennington, who was trying to be tricky. Bennington didn't have an option in front of him because after waiting too long, an Arizona player was bearing down on him, so I understand going backhand, but he should not have tried the pass. What he should have done was rimmed around the boards. The puck might have still gotten to Ponick, but it's unlikely he gets a clean shot at that point. And if Ponick doesn't have a clean shot, God knows he's not scoring. Mm, I was like, let's be honest, that's not like a goal scorer. He had a gaping wide net and he made it. You made the most of it, which is more than I can say for some Blues players when there's a gaping wide net in front of them. Mm-hmm. Bennington on the gaff, you said, not ideal timing to give away that one. <laughs> I've got to be better there. I thought I had Schwartzy on the backside there. I just missed my pass there. Man, he says there a lot. And unfortunately, it ended up in the goal and gave them the lead. Listen, Jordan, there. What uh, is ideal timing there to give up a goal like that? There, <laughs> like uh, that wasn't ideal. <laughs> but if it was at the very beginning of the first period, we got all the time to get that one back. Uh, Brube talked about it a little bit too. He said, "I think one of our forwards is coming back on that side. I think our forward thought he was just going up the other way, and I think Binner probably saw him in the back of his eye." I went to pass it to him, but he wasn't ready for it. It's just a miscue. It was just so a miscue. Verube says, I think a lot. And mm. Bennington says, there, there. a lot. Hey there, I think there. <laughs> hey there, oh there, I think there. It was one nothing, but we got some entertainment as Maroon absolutely pummeled Ilya Lubushkin. 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 90 seconds after the Coyotes goal. Uh, this is probably one of the biggest one-sided beatdowns I've seen in some time. He just destroyed this guy. Um... It was great to see. It was great to see. I think the last real fight I might have seen at a Blues game might have been last year when Tarasenko fought some dude on Edmonton. Uh-huh. Like I think that was the last like where they let them go. So that was exciting. Uh, Edmonton left the game halfway through the second period with a lower body injury and did not return. I didn't see the play. Hap- didn't see what happened to him, but I guess it was something in the lower body. So guess what you will. Hip, knee, foot, toe... Let's speculate wildly. Head, shoulders, but not those. Those are upper body. Knees and toes. Mm -hmm. Third period, Coyotes get a goal 23 seconds into this period, which is great to feel, a great feeling when you think maybe the Blues can get back into this game, and they're already down 2-0. It was Vinny Hinnestroza's 12th goal of the season, assisted by Brad Richardson, his 6th. Pareko tries to get the puck up to Sunquist, and, and they flub it, handling it directly to Brad. Yes, I mean that one. Like, yeah, he's still in the league, Richardson, which is true. I saw that, and I was thought, You're welcome. who's the other one? Brad Richards? That's the one that yes. no longer plays. And at first I got him confused with him, and then I realized Brad Richardson is also very old. So I missed this game because I was at the aforementioned concert. And mm-hmm. good God, Maroon, he just killed it. Oh, yeah, he absolutely just destroys this guy. Voting is 98% to 1%. To 2%, excuse me, on uh, HockeyFights.com. You rarely see a ratio that one-sided, even on a pretty one-sided fight. So there you go. Mm-hmm. That was a pummeling. Would you say it was the high point for the Blues in this game? Yeah, that was the only exciting thing that <laughs> happened. The Blues got a power play goal by Jaden Schwartz with uh, just over a minute left in the third period. Then you would think that would be the most exciting part. But it wasn't because almost immediately after that, like Coyote scored an empty net goal. Sealing the deal, 3-1. to one. Oliver Edward Ekman Larson with the goal. Oliver Oscar Edward I was Edward like, there's Edward. like 50 other middle names yep. he has. Uh, that goal was assisted by Darcy Kemper. Good for him. First star of the game, Darcy was Kemper. Was that his first NHL point? I don't know. 
his first of this season. We'll find out. Well, unless he scored a goal. Scored a goal. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, some thoughts from O'Reilly on this game. He says, it's embarrassing. It sucks. It's a game we should have won. There's no way those guys should have beat us. I was shooting the puck terrible tonight. I had lots of opportunities where I could have done something. That was embarrassing. That was a game we should have beat those guys. Mm. He's very embarrassed. Telling it like it is. And he's. I like that he uh, tries to pick something out about his own game to be embarrassed about. You really don't have to, Ryan. You're not, you're not the person pulling this team down. But I appreciate the fact that you're going to go out of your way to be like, you know what, I also sucked, guys. It wasn't the team. It was me, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, honestly, Ryan, you're probably the only one that didn't suck. But I like... I like the fact that you'll uh, own up to something like that. Uh, Luke Horak tweet about this game. He said uh, someone had tweeted that it was a pitiful effort that night and that uh, the Blues had not been guaranteed a playoff spot yet. And I'm going to agree with Lou on this, that they had nothing. this had nothing to do with the effort, this loss. It was 100% execution. When you have 76 shot attempts and complete domination and zone time and puck possession, effort does not have anything to do with it. Uh, I'd say so. I, they they looked like they were trying. I thought Jane Schwartz looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just looked like there were so many missed shots. There was at least fourteen or fifteen missed shots. There were times where these guys were wide open, just at least hit the hit the pads of Kemper, hit them in the chest, do something, and it would be high and wide. Lots mm-hmm. of Petrangelo high and wide shots. Lots of Steen high and wide shots. Uh, Bennington had a pretty strong showing overall. Real quick. Yeah. It feels like every time Lou retweets someone to disagree with them, their grammar is terrible. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's on purpose to just make these people look stupid or if that many people's grammar is terrible on Twitter. I think it's probably the latter. I was like, probably the latter. Go ahead. I misspell things all the time. Yeah, you can't but... edit them tweets. You got to delete them. Thanks, Jack. There you go. Is that who did it? Is that Thank the Twitter guy? Jack Dorsey. Oh, okay. I can't remember anyone. I would have said thanks, Bill Gates. I believe it's just at Jack. Oh, well, let's tweet at him. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get that a thousand <laughs> times a day. I thought Bennington was pretty good. He had the really big gaff, so, and it was essentially a one-goal game before the empty net, so it does sort of come back to bite you in the butt overall. But he had some really good saves on some breakaways. He had a really strong, as I put, strong-ass leg save in the third period to keep the game 2-0. I mean, it was pretty much just getting jammed in his pad. This guy, whoever the Coyote was, was pushing his pad back, and he kept pushing his pad back into where the puck was. So it was impressive to see. At different points during this game, Blay, Sunquist, Shen, and Edmondson all left the bench and went down the tunnel. So you could, you could say perhaps, maybe, the loss was because... Uh, there wasn't any consistent lines and that the uh, chemistry was off. I don't buy any of that shit. One but, could. Yeah. But should I one. <laughs> no one should not. Uh, since the winning streak ended, as of this game, the Blues were 4-4-2 four, four, and two, with losses to Dallas twice, which is great when they're the ones trailing you. Right behind you, lost to Minnesota, Carolina, San Jose, and this game, Arizona. Hmm. Uh, not, but not great. here's the good thing. Here's the good thing. If you're on a losing streak, if you're 4-4-2 four, four, and two in your last 10. That's 500. What better scenario? Like, fuck it is. Like, <laughs> fucking fuck it is. What better scenario for a team to cure what ails them than a little trip to Ottawa? A shorthanded Ottawa Senators who who aren't even starting their not remotely NHL caliber caliber starting goalie, 
and who are without their best player in Hot Sam Batcho, Thomas Shabbat for the uninitiated. How could you? How what could possibly go wrong? I mean, sure they're debuting their superstar prospect from the Mark Stone trade, and Eric Brandstrom, and that's cool to see. But what could possibly go wrong? You're facing the Senators. They're they're a garbage fire dumpster pail of a team, right? Mm-hmm. So the Blues go to Ottawa, and I I don't even want to discuss. They lose two to nothing. They mm. lose two to nothing. Christian Willannon scores a goal. I've never uh, heard of that man. He's the son of some other NHL player I've never heard of, but JK always says it, so I know it's true. Uh, Mikel Vodker, who you've also never heard of, and Anthony Duquer, who John Tortorella hates, but also really loves. He's a great kid, but also hates him. He's stupid and he doesn't take direction. mildly racist against, but let's not discuss it, because why should we ever be concerned that hockey's three... African American players are constantly criticized by their coaches for having attitude problems. That's probably not an issue, but anyway, <laughs> weird side rant. Um, we're going to get into the NHL later, so we might as well get it started. So, uh, this is Robbie's Fabry, Robbie Fabry's fault, this goal. It goes right between his legs. He doesn't man his man. Uh, Duclair grabbed it past to Bodker High, who was watching Willannon the whole way. He makes a nice feed to Willannon, who buries on an empty net. It's not Jake Allen's fault in any way. Also... All he's doing is looking at Mikel Vodker, and all Mikel Vodker is doing is looking at Christian Willannon. So why he isn't at all prepared to get over and make a better play than he did is questionable, but it is a defensive breakdown, primarily, first and foremost, absolutely. The Blues play like crap. Um, Chris Tierney <laughs> scores an empty netter with 57 seconds left, and the Blues lose 2 nothing. The Blues missed shots in the last five games, 16, 15, 16, 19, and 17. So Hall, Langenbrunner, Hall, Vomeister, and Schwartz. Mm-hmm. For those of you who... Nobody asked for that. But anyway, let's just move on. It's almost uh, like they possibly could not have. Like they can, in, a, like, in a way. It's true. It's true. I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Uh, I don't know. Go sing Post Malone some more. Uh, the Senators had 31% of the possession in this game. You're doing it right now, aren't you? Uh, the Blues had 68.67%. That would have been nice if it was 2 uh, percent See, they don't want That's, us to have anything fun. Uh, the Blues had the heat map. I mean, there's no, there's literally no excuse to lose to the Ottawa Senators. We're gonna start rolling into all our arguments and fights now. What's the goalie, Anders Nilsson? Anders Nilsson, former Blues, as friggin' John Kelly said a billion times. Man, I think I think he hides what other hockey knowledge he doesn't have by just saying who's related to who and what teams. Uh, other players used to play on. But then yeah. sometimes we've talked about this. He'll talk about... In seven years, he'll be describing perennial all-star Eric Brandstrom as the former Golden Knights. Yeah, and sometimes he'll say, like, former Duck Pat Maroon. And it's like, yeah, but then there was, like, the Oilers and the, the Devils between. Yeah. between. I'm like, okay, I guess. 
or like and it's not even the former team Canuck most, Del Zotto. I'm yeah, like, what? it's not the team they're most famous for. It's like former Shark Mike Hoffman, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, but no. no. I wish he would say that. <laughs> be I, mean, awesome. I bet you he would. I bet he would at least say like he was traded to the Sharks, but then quickly flipped. It's like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> nobody yes. cares, John. Nobody cares. Maybe Darren gets sick of John. Maybe we've had it all wrong this whole time. Maybe maybe like, Darren's the professional and yeah. John's dragging him down. Darren, can you check out this family tree for me? Does this seem right? Can I quote this on oh, on air? Jesus fucking yeah, yeah, it's great. Holy John. jumping! This family tree oh sucks. Oh my god, John, you're the best. And why wouldn't he be? <laughs> so we're done with game recaps, unless you have extended thoughts on this Senators game you'd like to give. No, I would just say that the Arizona game. That I was at, and then I only caught like the second half of the Senators game, felt extremely similar. And the fact that you had to hear Bernie Federico and all these guys go on and on about, well, the Blues had tons of chances, they just couldn't convert. And I was like, man, tons of chances doesn't get you fucking anywhere in the standings. Oh my god, you can't hang your hat on tons of chances when you're in ninth place and you miss in the playoffs. I'm so sick of, like, well, they just had so many chances. Well, a lot of those chances were crap, honestly. <laughs> like, especially the Arizona game, they had a few, if you look at the heat map, they had a, a couple really in-close, high-danger chances, but just them whacking at this dude's pad. Like, they're getting it on net. Granted, I think it was, like, 40 shots in the Arizona game. Mm-hmm. Some of those shots were in tight and were high-danger chances, but they're just the Blues players whacking at his pads. They're not making a move laterally. They're not screening him at all. Pat Maroon's the only dude that screens anybody, and he's slow as shit, and you don't have him out there very often, which is totally fine. I'm all for that. So now you got nobody. You got nobody for traffic. Maybe you have Ryan O'Reilly if he thinks he's going to try to do that among the other 90 things he does in any game. I, I don't know. That's that's a weird effort thing. I mean, I guess it's not effort, but it's weird. You gotta you gotta make. The goalie make a save. You got to make him work for it. You got to make their defense work for it. And I see a lot of us setting up in the zone and just kind of doing these light passes on the outside. And that's not making anybody move. Our, somehow our power play uh, ineffectiveness has now translated to regular five on five. And there's just no creativity. There's no. Uh, even the creativity they're trying to show isn't working. It's like overly creative. Now you're trying to dipsy doodle a guy when it's like, dude, just get the puck to the net. And that's all I saw all centers game long until like the very end where they really trying to work over Nielsen. It was just like constantly thinking you can just hang on by a thread because the other team sucks. I don't know if that's what they're thinking. That's what it looks like. It's like, ah, we'll turn it on when we can. And the clock ran out. That seems pretty accurate. Although, Ian, let me ask you this question. Would you say that the Blues problems really are none of the things you just suggested and are actually the fact that Jordan Bennington has a bad attitude? Would you say that's at the heart of the Blues problem? (laughs) You know, I never heard of it until a couple days ago, but it all clicked. I was like, 100%. (laughs) There's a rotten apple, and it's none of the things we've heard of before. It's this new apple. So, earlier in the week, I was so mad about this, and now I'm so tired. And I don't know if I can get back to that place, but let's... I'll let's do try. My best. Dial it up. So, 
I did not hear this firsthand, but I trust these folks on Reddit. Um, <laughs> the not famous sentence, last words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Rutherford went on one of the 101 sports shows this week, Bernie Michaelis, it looks like, <clears throat> and talked about Jordan Bennington and his perception within the clubhouse and within the organization. And he said a lot of revealing things, and the thing that they reveal is how fucking stupid this organization <laughs> is. And he, he's uh, so, Would you say these quotes are troublesome? Oh, they're so troublesome. <laughs> <laughs> they're so, so troublesome. Uh, he starts, I get the impression that the Blues weren't all that thrilled with the way Jordan Bennington has kind of handled himself, slash his demeanor. I doubt he said slash, but again, I'm reading text that's transcribed. The post-game interviews may be getting a little too cocky. Uh, the feel, the sense around the league is they sense that Jordan Bennington's been a little cocky. Look, you're only on the scene a month. I know when I talked to him for my piece last week, he said, I'm just having fun, just getting in the moment and trying to enjoy myself. So I see where he's coming from, but I think maybe there was a sense, you know, with Jake Allen playing a couple of games, you check yourself with Jordan Bennington. Hey, this isn't going to get handed to you just because you've played so well. You've got to keep it up. For both guys, Bennington and Jake Allen, the bottom line is there has to be a competition there. That's what the Blues are going to try to create down the stretch. Should I read more or should I start by dissecting this thing? Uh, Let's start there. Okay. Um, I'll start here. I'll just repeat. (laughs) Um, (sighs) Hey, he says, (laughs) this isn't going to get handed to you just because... You played so well. This 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 isn't this isn't going to get handed to you just because you played so well. The job that mm-hmm. you're performing well at isn't going to be handed to you because you're performing well at it, <laughs> says whoever the fuck this is, Jeremy Rutherford. I deeply respect Jeremy Rutherford. I'm not saying this is his opinion. I know he's quoting lines within the organization, but what the fuck? What the hell is wrong with these people? Language warning. <laughs> Too late. I... I, I I I'm ba- I was bat when I read that I was baffled. This kid had a 13 one in one record in the month of February when he made like every start. He was the all the rookie of the month. He's put himself in the Calder conversation. This kid is going to take second place for the Calder Trophy. Barring just a huge regression in his season, second mm-hmm. or third, maybe behind Hart, it's very possible he's a Calder Trophy finalist. And you're telling me he's got to earn it? That he hasn't? That he's not gonna get this handed to him? I don't think he thought he was gonna get it handed to him. He probably realized that when your stupid asses <laughs> waved the other goalie and then called him up with no intention of starting him and let Jake Allen continue to sink the team for a month. And again, that's not crap on Jake Allen, but this is crap on 
January shittier Jake Allen than the Jake Allen we have now. He sat on the bench behind a goalie who couldn't stop a puck to save his life. And you're telling me you are worried he thinks he's going to get it handed to him? Please interject whenever you feel like you'd like to. It's interesting because I think we'll have another quote from Rutherford later where he says something about Bennington coming up with like a chip on his shoulder. And it's like, so how can he like, he's not going to expect it to be handed to him, especially because you're saying he's coming up feeling like he got disrespected and he's going to try and prove himself. Yeah. Well, and like he has proven himself. It's very confusing because I don't know what, it's. they do this in all sports. It's like, what's the body of work that you need to now be like, oh, if he goes on a really terrible stretch of games, he's not removed because... He's proven he's so good, yeah. which is not true about anyone. If Marc-Andre Fleury, which he has, gone on like huge stretches <laughs> of just awful goaltending, Matt Murray. the other guy plays. The that, Penguins, that always happens. The Penguins' dynasty ended because he did that once, and they outthought themselves, and they said, Matt Murray's the goalie we need to keep forever. Mm. And now they're in the hole because of it. I mean, might as well just say like that it's just a goalie statement. If this goalie... Keeps playing well. We will play him. If he does really bad, then we will play another goalie. Why don't I go ahead and read these last two Mm -hmm. quotes, and then we can get the full picture. He says, people have, uh, Bernie says, I believe, uh, people have kind of spouted off here and there. You hear through the grapevine opposing teams, players think, Bennington's too full of himself and he needs to calm down a little bit. He's very feisty. I think it's a classic example, JR, of like it depends who he's playing for. If he's playing for your team, you love it. If he's playing for someone else's team, you can't stand the guy. So I understand that too. I don't know. Maybe he's been on a high horse a little bit. Maybe this was a good reminder too that the whole season doesn't depend on him and just refocus on what's important. But it does it very much. That's the only reason we're remotely relevant. I don't have a problem with that. You should. You very much should. (laughs) JR again. This is a guy who's been buried in the minors out on loan and from what I gather talking to some other people and knowing the situation a little bit is that Bennington's a little sour that he hasn't had the chance. So now he comes up and wants to prove himself. He's got that chip on his shoulder. He's carrying himself the way he is. You know, the fans like it. They enjoy it. They like the goalie with attitude who's coming up here and winning, but I think it can turn some other people off. So, I have so many thoughts, <laughs> and I can't possibly process them all because it's just like a soup of pure venom and rage. But how how dare these people? How dare the St. Louis Blues front office and coaching staff? How dare they? Craig Berube is probably going to be the Blues head coach next season, and he wouldn't have had a prayer of being that without Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington is the only reason, full stop, that Craig Berube is even in the conversation for Blues head coach, and I know there are people who disagree with me, but they're just wrong, and that's fine. We went on a 12-game winning streak. We went on that 12-game winning streak because of Jordan Bennington. If this team was 8-4 and four on that winning streak, we'd be miles out of a playoff spot right now, and we'd and, and first of all, we wouldn't have been 8-4 and four if we hadn't had a red-hot goalie. We would have been like 6-6, six and six, but that notwithstanding, 
Was it an 11-game? I think I said 12-game. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It was an 11-game winning streak. Regardless, it was Jordan Bennington. It was Jordan Bennington in a red-hot first line and slightly, I mean, better defense. It wasn't just Jordan Bennington, but it wasn't without Jordan mm-hmm. Bennington. He's definitely the catalyst. <laughs> Doug Armstrong is not on the hot seat and probably should be. Why? Because of Jordan Bennington. I don't know who the Blues goalie coach is right now, but you know why he's going to have a job next season? Because of Jordan Bennington. Frickin' uh, Mike Van Ryn couldn't tie his shoelaces together earlier this year. Then Jordan Bennington shows up, and the defense is fine. Now, I get it. I'm not saying that Jordan Bennington is the only thing that improved on this team, but he's the cornerstone. You know, mm. when you build a building, all of the walls are important, but the cornerstone supports the whole thing, you know? And I just, this organization drafted this guy. He was great at Owen Sound. He was pretty good in the AHL. They kept him down there for years. They never gave him a shot in the NHL. They had him last year on loan to Providence, and he was great. And then they brought him back this year, and they still looked at him as the fourth goalie in an organization, and they signed Chad Johnson to be an NHL backup. He should have a chip on his shoulder. You want good athletes to have chips on their shoulders. And then he has that chip on his shoulder, and he justifies it by playing out of his mind. And then you say he has an attitude problem. It's, it is indescribable to me. Only in hockey, only in this backwater-ass sport could this shit happen. He's not being very... He doesn't have the hockey attitude, which is be a toast human being. <laughs> also, it bugs me a lot that they allude to, or maybe it's Bernie alludes to in there, that like other teams in the league have yeah, a problem with them. Thank you, because both but of like, them say this, and who gives a shit? Yeah, I was like, I don't care that the Sharks are like, oh man, that, that Jordan Bennington really pisses me off. I'm like, good, I'm very yeah, glad he like, does. Okay, so they you'd rather they be able to step all over Jake Allen? And I'm not saying they can. I don't know what Jake Allen's personality is on the ice. But <laughs> I do have does. to say he doesn't strike me as the get-your-back-up sort. What do you think? So is he just like mouthing shit to people? Or like, yeah. Oh yeah, he's talking trash to him all the time. Like he right when he makes a save. The Kings okay. The last time they played, I think. I believe it. It's and just that's behind wonderful. That big mask. Just do it. Like, oh, I just. Oh, do you think they'd have a problem with like Jonathan Quick here? That dude's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> that dude's like got a screw loose. Yeah, I don't. But he, but he, you know, that he'd just have a bad attitude. Jonathan Quick has paid his dues, though. Mm-hmm. This kid He's isn't going to have anything handed to him. It's just... Can't have anything nice. The thing that really irks me is, at the end of the day, this kid is the entire difference in this Blues season. Without Jordan Bennington, this team is not a playoff team. You can argue anything else you want. You can say other aspects improve, but without Jordan Bennington, this team isn't a playoff team. It's not remotely close. There's no argument. Mm-hmm. They're giving the 11th overall pick to the Buffalo Sabres this summer without Jordan Bennington. So Woof. to pull this bullshit now 
and create a controversy where it wasn't. And by the way, Jake Allen, who's playing out of his mind now, he's a great goalie again, I guess, is the narrative we're spending is 1-2-2 two, and two in his last five starts. That's a 200 winning percentage. And again, he's been fine. They're not really his fault. The team hasn't scored at all. But this team played better in front of Jordan Bennington. Mm-hmm. We discussed it before. These teams, their confidence is built on their goalie. Goalies, as I, as I, you know, to repeat the same analogy, they're also the cornerstone of the team. And if the team is going out there thinking their goalie isn't trustworthy, they're not going to play well for it. And I'm not saying that's the only thing that's changed since Bennington left the net, but it certainly isn't helping. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't understand any of it. And I really think it is just brazenly arrogant of this organization and this team to respond this way to a guy who pulled their fat out of the fire single-handedly. Yeah, especially when you know they've you know they've like given up on Jake Allen generally as like a future option. Like any if someone just steps on the landmine that is Jake Allen and takes it away from the Blues, they're doing it immediately. So, like, the fact that they're going to try and masquerade, like, well, our other guy that's been good has kind of a problem. We're going to keep using Jake Allen as, you know, as we need him. And it bothers me, too, on Twitter. People go, you know, he's still a pretty good backup. Or, like, he'd be a good backup. Yeah, but not for, like, four point whatever million dollars you're paying him. Uh Like, and to be honest with you, not that good of a backup Mm. either, if I'm being (laughs) completely honest. Uh, I won't walk around it. I mean, he shows flashes. He's had some good games the here. The problem but like, is with Jake Allen, you cannot know for Yeah, we've said there. forever it's consistency. So, like, I, it's not worked. So why not ride a different hand finally? You can't, hockey, maybe it's because I only watch hockey, but hockey seems to be like just people always going, I'm going to sit with what's comfortable. Even though Jake Allen is kind of uncomfortable, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't, and then you go. You know, I guess we'll just stick with that guy because he's because he's played well before. And it's like, if like you said, if Jake Allen's gonna get you into a playoff spot, then ride him the ride him the rest of the way. Yeah. Then you when you don't make it, you can go. You know what? I guess Jake or I guess Jordan Bennington, sorry, um, isn't the guy for us either, or wasn't the guy that he saved our season, but we lost the season with him too. We'll see what we got next year. But, like, see well, see what you have. And they also treat Jordan Bennington like he's a, a young buck. And mm-hmm. I get that he is a relatively inexperienced NHL, NHL player. Yeah, but yeah. he's 25. You don't have time to fuck around and find out, you know. you Find out now when mm-hmm. your season is insignificant. I mean, hopefully we get to the playoffs. Maybe we run to the second round. But nobody's kidding themselves that this is a deep playoff run team. Mm-hmm. Find out what you have, because you know it isn't Jake Allen. That's what I mean. You so just why know are you he's wasting not an starts on a goalie that you have for sure given up on? I'm so, like, I know there are Jake Allen supporters out there, and I'm really not trying to beat up on them, but it's done. It's 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 over. What's our podcast going to be about when he's off this team? <laughs> I know it's true, and and like I w- I wish him absolute success wherever he ends up, but it can't be here. It cannot be here next season. So why not figure out what you have in the guy you've got? I hate to use a wrestling analogy because you don't understand them a lot of times. What? But, 
but you'll follow this one. And <laughs> it's hockey, so people will either get it or roll their eyes. But there's this like well-known fact about WWE, the big wrestling promotion, that the main guy who tells all the stories, Vince McMahon, the owner, mm-hmm. will never just push or like you know promote a guy to the top mm-hmm. without like making like injecting false like oh you lost a match you should never lose in storyline just to like check their ego mm-hmm. and it's a fine idea in theory except that as a result he never creates huge stars because huge stars by their very nature look huge from the beginning and then stay huge and are never questioned in their greatness, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's true with all athletes. And I feel like that's what the Blues are doing here a little bit is like, well, maybe they don't, you know, they think he has an ego, I'm sure. But, like, maybe it's not even as much about, like, saying that they think that as much as sort of seeing, like, how will he react to us thinking this, you know? Oh, yeah. And if that's the it's thing, gross. that's just so dumb. Just let him, if he has an ego, great. This team needs a little ego. Mm. Who on this team has an ego? Maybe Ryan O'Reilly. And that's the same thing. It's like with Ryan O'Reilly. So that quote he said mm-hmm. about the Coyotes, that's not your Hallmark card hockey quote. But it's great because you shouldn't be losing to that team. Mm. That's an honest thing. And I hate this idea in hockey where they're supposed to be thinking that, but they are not supposed to be saying that. Mm. Who gives a shit? It's the Coyotes. You're supposed to beat them. The, if you lose to them, especially in crappy fashion, you should be mad. That's not the perfect um, comparison, but hockey is so like white nighty, where they're just like, "Well, we're gonna be the best. We're gonna be the best we can be. We're gonna be our best selves, or whatever." I'm like Jesus, you like Pat Maroon pummeled that dude's face in, and then you're gonna be like, "You know, it was a good fight. We, uh, you know, just had a little back and forth." No, Pat. You killed a man on the ice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's just this weird dichotomy between, like, here's the sport, here's some athletes that are, like, like audibly when the mic is on somewhere telling each other to go fuck off and eat a dick, and and other things that some people may or may not have said on the ice (laughs) this week. Um, But then they got to be like, you know, hats off to the other team, you know, really tried hard, and, you know, parody. Any team can win on and on any night. It's like, could you give me some, just like some semblance of the truth? That's the, you can't even say the truth nicely. Mm-hmm. That's being kind of mean and out there, and that's not even having a personality. That's just saying the saying true and things. And that's such a good point too, because yeah, I mean, this league, John Tortorella made those comments about I miss when we all hated each other, and he got panned for it. And it's like, what's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. I somebody I can't remember which of the just ungodly number of hockey podcasts I listened to made this point. But they were talking about how sports used to be simpler and how it used to be about having good guys and bad guys and you rooted for the good guys and you wanted the bad guys to lose and it was supposed to be escapism. Yeah. And, you know, with the all, all the shit, and we'll talk about more shit that's going on in the NHL this week, it's just not, it's so clearly not that, mm. you know? And Every, they try to make everybody good guys. Yeah. There's no bad guys. Everyone's everyone's just trying their best. And even the bad guys, Tom Wilson, Brett Marchand, you'll have people going, yeah, but I mean, guys, they're like they're not that bad. Yeah. And it's like... Uh, and it's like, 
And for fans, you know, they should just be able to watch a game and enjoy the game. Hmm. And Jordan, if Jordan Bennington is the star they want to believe in, they shouldn't have to. I, I get that the organization has to make decisions and things, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't be giving your team less of a chance to win to prove a point to a kid. Exactly. You know, you 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 danced around the the non incident or the sort of incident in Toronto where people thought Morgan Riley used a, a homophobic slur, and it's like. People were asking, what's the big deal about that? The big deal is that LGBTQ people should be allowed to watch a hockey game mm. without hearing slurs against them. Like, how is that? How do people not get that? You know, you're supposed to enjoy sports. That's the big deal. Mm. And the big deal is that hockey has this huge everyone can play hockey is for everyone campaign and all these players including morgan riley who the league concluded didn't say it and i'll take their word for it but all these players racked their sticks and rainbow stick tape and dance mm-hmm. and did not dance but participate in <laughs> pride parades and all that's great but it's exactly what you said with the double standard it's like you can't do that with one side of the face and then Go out and drop the other f bomb that that f bomb <laughs> yeah. on the ice. You can you can, and the league does that every opportunity it's getting not gotten not that specific thing, but every opportunity it has to talk out of both sides of its mouth, it will do. Even on broadcast, you'll get like Pierre Maguire, somebody between the benches, being like, "Oh, guys, there's some stuff being said on here that I can't say," and they'll laugh about it. And that's fine. I don't care. Say your off-color comments as players. I don't give a shit. But it's just like they will say that as broadcasters, and then the same like sentence they'll be talking about how like everyone's a great guy, and you know it's just like hockey's hockey's a hometown sport where guys do this, this, and this, and it's just homegrown and aw shucks and G, and it's like like pick a fucking lane. And you know what? I wish they would embrace a little bit more like that weird like blue collar like anger in it. Because I think that's we were talking. You were mentioning that's the entertainment part of it. I mean, the fast skate and the scoring, all that is true too. But it's like, especially with hockey, it's just kind of that like angry in your face feel. And I get that comes with hits, and we're trying to get away from that and what have you. But it's it's part of the entertainment, and it's part of you were talking about wrestling. It's just like there's entertainment in sports. I want to be you want to be entertained. And when everyone just like that, go shucks, oh, good old boy, and, you know, you don't embrace some of what's going on on the ice, mm-hmm. it's lame. Well, yeah, yeah. And it's just, I mean... They try and neuter their own sport an awful lot. Right. Hockey goes, NHL goes out of its way to just really fuck with the sport to be like, no, 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 this would be cool. We don't, but we don't want to do that, though. <laughs> yeah, and again, and I don't want to mire it in, in wrestling analogies, but like... One of the things wrestling does a lot now is since everybody, you know, to a man pretty much knows that it's fake, quote unquote, mm-hmm. which is a whole different debate, but like they know that it's predetermined. Mm-hmm. They now do a lot of storytelling that's like, you know that we're predetermining it, so we're telling you what you think the real people who are playing the fake characters are thinking, mm-hmm. and we're going to swerve your expectations based on what you as smart fans think the real Vince McMahon is going to do. And it's like, no, that's awful. Stop <laughs> telling that story. Like if I wanted to really get, confusing. if I wanted to get mad about what real Vince McMahon 
thought I would do that and do all the time. I don't need you to shove that down my throat. And I feel like the NHL is the same way. It's like they want to complicate things Mm -hmm. because they want, like, they, they constantly try to walk this line between placating to the real fans who are there 24-7 and trying to appeal to this imaginary fan that they create. And it just, it doesn't work. You mean like when, it's, was that 2010 when they had the All-Star game and every team got a, a comic book superhero? by Stan Lee. I get that's for kids, like main, for the main part, but man, what a like. What, what a, like, idea that was. What a thought. And like this, so it's, it's like the same week that the same week a woman gets to compete in the fastest skater mm-hmm. and then gets to get talked down to by Pierre Maguire. And yeah, I know he wasn't talking down to her, but he was. Yeah. And we all know he was, and I don't care about his explanations. But it, yeah, I mean, this has gone way a, a far afield of the Jordan <laughs> Bennington comments, but I'm glad because this was kind of what we wanted to do with this podcast, yeah. trying to circle back to Bennington. You can't have it both ways. Mm -hmm. You can't have him be the guy that's playing with a chip on his shoulder and trying to carry this team to victories. This lifeless carcass of a team. This team was so bad until he got here. Mm -hmm. You can't have that and then also say, well, but don't make funny comments to the media. We all love the do I look nervous thing. Mm. And you're going to tell me you're pissed about that? That got fans talking around the league. God forbid. God forbid an NHL player get picked up by, I don't know, Barstool or Mm. Grantland. Some like, no no offense to them, but some like second tier sporting (laughs) platform, much less ESPN or you know, CBS oh, yeah. Sports or whomever. Such weird, like, NHL is such weird little gatekeepers. Like, oh, yeah, oh, we, only we really understand hockey here at the NHL. God, it's like, woof. God forbid your goalie shows some personality. It killed Ilya Brizgalov, and it's going to kill Jordan. You're right. God damn it, you're right. <laughs> They're going to show him videos of Ilya Brizgalov. You know who that is? Nobody does. He's gone. <laughs> and also, Jordan Bennington's very young, as we've established. 25 years old. Just young enough to be a Calder considery. Should we move on to the next thing we're going to yell at the league about? Mm-hmm. David Perron. This is really tangentially about David Perron. I mean, it is <laughs> and it isn't. David Perron continues to be sidelined with an upper body injury, which God forbid we call a concussion, even though everyone knows. So and what, uh, He just has vision problems. Just so as an, nothing to do with the brain. Just as an aside... The idea of saying upper body injury, lower body injury is so that players can't target it, right? Mm-hmm. Theoretically, which they can't do with a head anyway. <laughs> so uh, whatever. But so he's still out. And there have been weird comments this week. There are mixed reports that he's cleared, but he's got a vision test to pass or, or that he's doing weird things. Craig Berube said when David's ready to play, we'll have a spot for him which led a lot of Twitter idiots to say things like, well, he's just sissying out and he's not choosing to play. Um, Help me, please, on Twitter, said Peron, which he misspelled, is a baby, and talking, which he misspelled, oh, no, taking, he he spelled that right, I mispronounced (laughs) it, taking blues money, he didn't capitalize blues, and he put a period and then no space. If he refuses to play... 
Um, he says, then retire. I am tired of these so-called concussion Vic times that stay out months, give her money back, then tired of it, to which Luke Korak <laughs> rightfully responded, David Perron wants to play, but it's not up to him. I've watched him work his butt off. He has to pass vision tests related to the concussion he sustained. If he doesn't pass those tests, he's not cleared to play, plain and simple. Remember that when someone questions your health. Um, and my question are, when is this league going to stop fucking pretending about concussions? And the fans, the fans are culpable in this one. I won't just blame the league. Mm. Kevin Paul DuPont, who is a, a, a Globe, Boston Globe reporter with an arrogant ass name. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not his fault that DuPont's Sorry. his last name, but the middle name thing is on him. Um, he tweeted last week, and we, we could have talked about it last week and, and didn't get around to it, but just kind of heartbreaking slash pathetic Comments, kind of like watching Simba push against Mufasa's face when we oh, all know Jesus. he's dead. But he said, Bacchus, David Backus confirmed recent meeting with Cassidy, Bruce Cassidy, the head coach of the Bruins, about his overall play and has chosen to adopt a fighter slash enforcer role. He wants to be a vital contributor. He sees this as a way to keep a roster spot, and he dismisses the concussion risk. <laughs> wow. That last that last sentence. Isn't he a big player, like a PA guy, like a player yeah. association guy? Yeah, he was at least. Yeah. That last sentence is just. That's super depressing. I mean, and it's, idiotic. It's it's a Darren Aronofsky film, which I think is two weeks in a row we've mentioned Darren Aronofsky, which. Check is, that on your bingo card. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, the Darren Aronofsky space, but. I mean, it's the friggin' wrestler. Oh, okay. More I was like, I was more like, wrestling references. Have you seen like, the wrestler? Does he do the fountain too? Maybe I can't remember. He did that god awful she movie or whatever. Oh, mother, mother. Yes, that's right. <laughs> like this is just like mother. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen mother? <laughs> but in the wrestler, the guy is fighting to extend his career mm. to the sabotage of his own health. No spoilers. It ends badly. But well, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, you don't know. But well, anyway. people want to die. Um, true, true. But, yeah, it's just like David, Bacchus David, not Ferran David. No, too many. And Bacchus, just stop, just stop. Just, like, uh, listen, if, if, you're, if you have too much pride to sit on the bench and earn a paycheck, not earn, but take a paycheck. <laughs> then retire. You have to retire. Don't don't do this to yourself. Does he have like a little kid now? Just like you save have, save your brain, dude. You have charities. Your passion. I mean, he's a he's a really smart, good looking, articulate guy, who would be gobbled up by any media outlet mm-hmm. if he wants to stay in the game. He can probably coach. He seems like a guy that could very much coach. He's American, so he's understandable. <laughs> He's intelligible. He mm. only sounds Canadian, but he isn't actually Canadian, like all American hockey players. Mm-hmm. Um, this is I'm like. Also, is you're dismissing the concussion risk? Are you fucking kidding me, David? 
Oh, God, especially, I mean, I know he's not going to remember it, but especially after getting fucking slammed by Seabrook, man. Like, seriously, dude, you got up and you didn't know which way was Tuesday. Like, <laughs> like I just don't know. Which direction is potato? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, my God. That was, like, heartbreaking to watch him, like, get up and then flop back down. Your brain, like, your brain's not meant to smash up against the inside of your skull. Like, and this has happened multiple times to him. And you're adopting a role also, by the way, that, like, does not exist anymore. He's like, I'm yeah, going to be an enforcer, the, fourth liner. And the other thing I hate about that quote is, like, after multiple discussions with Bruce <laughs> Cassidy, he's elected to adopt the enforcer role. It's like, no, you haven't. Was Bruce Cassidy Bruce like, Cassidy we're going to sit you? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. He said, you're either not playing or you're punching people. And David Backus said, okay, I'll punch people. Which... Sorry, was the wrong of those two choices. Mm -hmm. What he should have said was, fine, pay me $5 million to not play. I don't know how I don't know how the wives of these players put up with some of this crap, honestly. Kelly Backus is furious. She's a saint. I'd be like, dude. <laughs> Kelly I Backus is a saint, damn it. I can't let you get like punched in the face a bunch anymore. Because <laughs> I want you to remember like our daughter's seventh birthday. Yeah. I don't know. I think of like um, Brett Favre a lot when it comes to concussions because he's like admitted that there's like parts of his past where like, dude, you like your daughter's played soccer like this last two years, and he's like, oh, I don't remember when she started playing. Like, I don't remember the whole first year, and it's like that's fucking insane. Uh -huh. That's absolutely like annihilatingly scary to me. Just like unbelievable. Like. And people have died from this stuff in hockey. I mean, granted, they don't get concussed and then die, although that could happen. But, like, this later on when they dissect your brain after you've killed yourself, you have, like, the brain of, like, an 85-year-old because there's so many goddamn bruises on it. This week, the concussion lawsuit's supposed to be settled. And I don't... How are there still Neanderthals? And I'm sorry, if you think this, you are a Neanderthal... And I, I try to be very respectful to anyone who might listen to this podcast. Especially you, Neanderthal. You might not be a Neanderthal, but this view is Neanderthalic. If you believe that David Perron is just sitting on his hands, collecting a paycheck, and avoiding playing hockey. When he, by the way, he was as hot as he's ever been. Mm -hmm. He was on the best run of his career when he went out injured. And the team clearly needs him. Mm -hmm. If you think he's just biding his time because he can, you're so full of shit that you need to open a plumbing store. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that one ran out of steam. That's <laughs> <laughs> it did. That's, oh, boy. It's like a train that stopped, like, Ten feet short of the platform. I was waiting. That's awkward. I was waiting for that one to run out of steam too. It's like a train that won't get all the way there. It's like a train that opens a plumbing store. It bugs me too with Brown because people will be like, "Well, he's it's a concussion. We all know that. So like, he'll be back when he's back." And they're like, "It's it stinks, but it's I you know." There's no questions about it. What's the big deal? And it's like the big deal, like you mentioned, is that he was our second best scorer. Uh -huh. And the fact that he's had he had a concussion, I don't even remember when he got slammed into the boards or anything. He probably didn't, which is what's even scarier. Yeah. I mean, I, he had such a bad, I don't even know if we if it was his first, but the first we know of, at least, concussion, 
when Joe Thornton stepped out of that box and fucking just shoved his elbow into his brow. He was out for over a year. For which I will never forgive him. Oh, He's man. He's the scummiest yeah. player on earth. Today. Joe Thornton, like, was... I didn't really think that, that much the, about him then, but all of a sudden it was like a flip, a switch flipped. I was like, holy shit, an awful human being. Who wasn't he tried to... Didn't he try to fucking murder someone last year? Was it Barbashev? Oh, I forget. It was, was another blue... It's just randomly. Anyway. I remember he stepped up for like a hip check on a guy that was on his knees and almost like jammed his head into the boards. I'm like, wow, this dude's a piece of shit. Yeah, I just. This... That's the weirdest one. You've mentioned this before, but there'll be everyone will like fawn over Joe Thornton. Like, oh man, storied players, like amazing assist maker, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, like, and I'm like, man, human garbage. Yeah, I'm like, does no one else know what a piece of crap this dude is? <laughs> And maybe it's literally those are the two bad plays. I mean, no, they're not, because I remember after the last one going on, like, Reddit forums and all fans of, like, all the Pacific teams being like, no, he's a shithole. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what if... Yeah, I mean, I just... Just get your head out of your ass with concussions, the league, and anyone who thinks that way. Perron will be back. You know, if if Perron wanted to retire now, by the way, it wouldn't mm-hmm. make him a sissy. It wouldn't make him weak. It would make him a guy who wants to be able to think straight when he's 55. And mm-hmm. God forbid he choose that over making $12 million more to play a sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, what's next on our docket? Robbie Fabry? Do you have the notes <laughs> Here open? Here Robbie Fabry. Um, I don't. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think we can talk about Robbie Fabry some, too. Um, because what what has Robbie Fabry become, our sweetest friend? <laughs> Everything he knows goes away in the end I, I we don't have the rights to any music but i think that needs to be the, the outro that's, song that's fair i can uh, i can deal with we'll, that we'll pull some strings we'll get it we'll get it figured out <laughs> yeah i don't know like he had sat for a long time and granted it was just one game but he practices with this team every day it was one game <laughs> presumably but, yeah hopefully but man that First Ottawa goal, and, and the whole game, really, it was just Robbie Fabry just chasing, constantly chasing. A guy that has speed, and he still has a fair amount of it, like, just chasing the play. Does not know where he's supposed to be, where he's going, where the play's going. Uh, I can see why they didn't keep him in there. Uh, Zach Sanford, also not the best option right now, so there's Jordan Cairo being called up again because David Perron's not ready, but Robbie Fabry doesn't look like an option either. So you got to try everything because I mentioned on Twitter about like trading them and people brought up a valid point that what's where's the value in it, you know, and that's true. But like, I just don't think he has any value here. You can try and bolster him as much as you can and maybe hope next season he sort of gets it, puts it together, you know, but yeah. like if he manages to salvage his career here for the Blues, I'll be thrilled, but it just seems like he's not. He's not an option. So he's got five points in 30 games. He's a minus six. He's averaged 1242, which seems incredibly high mm-hmm. for him. That is. I'm not, I'm really not trying to pat us on the back because I would have loved nothing more than to be dead wrong about this. But we've been saying for as long as this podcast has existed, pretty much. That Robbie Fabry was not a sure thing moving forward. Mm. And I think that 
concern is being validated. Let alone leaving alone the idea of recovering from th- two devastating knee injuries. Saying that AC, you know, you can say ACL surgeries are amazing now and recovery is fine and that's great. It's not exactly true, but it's great. <laughs> but leaving aside whatever's wrong with his knee, missing 18 months of hockey in what are still supposed to be formative years, arguably your most formative years, was always going to be a tough hill to climb. And he's been relegated to a fourth-line role, which he's not fit for Hmm. in any way. I honestly would have... It's hard to say because he's been so bad he doesn't deserve it at all. But I would have preferred to see what he'd do if they'd just thrown him up when Tarasenko went down mm-hmm. and just said, go up there and be with Shannon O'Reilly and see if you've got anything left in that tank. Because I just, I hate to see this. I really do. Like, I, I love Robbie Fabry. I think mm-hmm. we all love Robbie Fabry. But it's just, there's no there there right now at all. And I don't, you don't, we don't really have a system... You know, unless he's willing to sign, like, a two-way contract or something going forward, which I doubt he is, we don't have a system to get him the playing time he would need to prove that he earns it, you know, Mm. that he deserves it. And I would be all for not not just to clear a spot or anything, but just to, to do right by him, kind of. Yeah. Trading him to a place like Ottawa or the Kings, or, you know, honestly, as much as I hate to say it, kind of a garbage team <laughs> that can afford to play him 18 minutes a night on a top or second pairing. Yeah. Because that's the only way you're going to know if it's still there or if he's just can't ever overcome those injuries and honestly it's possible he can't but i think he deserves a a real shot at doing that and i don't think that shot's going to come here yeah especially if if you're a fan and you want this team headed in a certain direction they just don't have the time and ability yeah it's and it's not do that for him. yeah it's not a lack of grace or a lack of love or anything it's just we got to move in a direction and then he doesn't necessarily fit that direction where he's at Mm mm-hmm um, it sucks, but it's true. Uh, speaking of things that do both of those things, Tarasenko is out for up over 10 days, which I guess we're coming around on day seven at this point. I don't but, like that they said it was to be, his injury was to be really reevaluated at 10 days. Yeah, it could be. Because I always feel like they go, oh yeah, it's still snapped in half. And now <laughs> we can tell you that he has no arm. I, I didn't see the gif in full, but I think it was the injury was like an elbow injury versus a shoulder, which I guess is nicer to hear that it wasn't the shoulder that it mm-hmm. seemed like he'd finally recovered from. Not great timing because I'd say obviously second to Bennington, he was definitely the person pushing this team through that 11-game winning streak, him and O'Reilly and Shen on that top line, and him going down seems to have coincided a little bit too with this team coming back down to earth. Uh I don't know. It's it's one of those things where you, at one point you say, "Oh, Tarasenko is valuable to this team," but you can move him, like we did, you know, months ago. Uh-huh. And then after streaks like this, you're like, "God, this, this team is nothing without this guy." <laughs> and that's not even accounting for the fact that he's a much better two-way player than he's ever been. Mm. You know, still not like tops of the league or anything, but way better than he used to be. 
it's just we have no one on this team right now yeah. that can score. Like yeah. nobody. Even Ryan O'Reilly, who's amazing, has had a little bit of a, a down couple games or whatever, just in terms of offensive production. Mm. Still looks amazing, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but uh yeah, there's just who who do you turn to? Normally it'd be Schwartz, but he's just having an off year for scoring. Uh Shen does okay. We already mentioned O'Reilly, but beyond that, it's kind of like those are your top four, and you get a little bit here and there. Sunquist has had a good year, but they've everyone's dried up right at the same time. Obviously, Pat Maroon's got five goals. Bozak, you're not counting on for anything. Steen, who I will normally sort of defend, and be like it's a good veteran player to have. I'm kind of over with just because he's just kind of. It's <laughs> yeah. nothing really against him where some people really just do not like Steen. He's just not a person anymore like he's just not he's not a contributing yeah. player anymore yeah um i want you to i want you to play devil's advocate for me i'm just oh, gonna like assign that. this for you okay but make the case to me and maybe you genuinely believe this case in which case it i'll never be easier but make the case for me against just slotting jordan Cairo in on that spot and giving him 18 minutes a night and seeing what you have. Which spot? A Tarasenko's Tarasenko's spot, spot on the first line. Um, I, he is not defensively responsible. Okay. Would be my what I would say. <laughs> or you know what? My one my one problem with Kairu thus far, and again, he hasn't had a lot of time to show it. And it's a different league than say the AHL or anything below this, but. He has a lot of speed, and maybe only once or twice have I seen him really use that all-out speed. And it's like I'd like him to find <laughs> opportunities for that. And maybe that's something where if he's a regular player, they kind of have set plays for him uh-huh. to use that speed. Whereas now, like you've talked about, you're slotting him into Tarasenko's role. You're you're just slotting him in where you can. He's they're not gonna like plan around Jordan Cairo. They're gonna say, hey Jordan, you're in this spot now, play with this line, figure it out. Whereas I think if they really Excuse had him me. around, they could say, oh, you can get Jordan on the outside and you can just sweep in like this or you yeah. can do that. Right now they're just kind of using him as a body, a high-skilled body, but they're not. Yeah, That's, that's how I see it. To I don't, me, that's the argument yeah. for putting them there. And again, I don't think they're going to mm-hmm. because they've sent him on the Sammy Boy Memorial <laughs> San Antonio shuttle back. R.I.P. Sammy Boy. <laughs> He never actually reaches either destination. He's just constantly in transit. He's like gets over to about, Tulsa. Fuck. He gets to about Amarillo and he yeah. just has to turn around. Um, hey, Jordan. <laughs> but in any case, I mean, that's kind of everything you said is kind of the case to me for putting him mm-hmm. up there. It's just because, you know, I've, I've my biggest pet peeve. I've seen a lot of people saying, well, he hasn't shown anything at the NHL level. And I'm like, when was he supposed to do that mm. exactly in his 16 NHL games averaging less than nine minutes per That's game? That's what bugs me. I'm like, 16 games and they're his first NHL and he's, game. he's a point-per-game player at the AHL, which I'm not saying translates into a point-per-game player at the NHL. I am saying it suggests that he doesn't have a lot left to show down there. Mm. Like, what's he going... Is he going to be a better-than-point for game player at the AHL, great, but I don't care if he is, you know. I think next year for sure he's got to be someone that they try and like if, find a position for here. If they keep here. him, they have to clear a spot for him and mm-hmm. just let him. And I, I know teams hate to do that, but you have to. You did it with You got to see Thomas. what you got. Um, 
Yeah, so, I mean, I would be in favor of it, partially because if you're trying to make a playoff push, we don't have any damn scoring. Mm-hmm. So if he can be a scoring threat, why not give him a shot and see if he can be what Fabry was in his playoffs, of, you know, before he got hurt, Yeah, where he was second on the team in scoring. I think he could surprise people like that. Um, we had a few more things we're going to discuss, we were going to discuss, um, but we're both tired and we've complained a lot and also our recording keeps stopping and starting for no reason so sorry if people hear weird gaps in that i'm gonna do my best to kind of control that i'm not sorry this is what they paid for (laughs) this is what you get um we have a couple of fun twitter folks who uh asked for some fun twitter meme type things and we're going to discuss them now (laughs) <laughs> Starting with Thank you. Tony X's unpopular opinion, NHL edition. Ian, what is your NHL unpopular opinion? Unpopular. So it needs this can't be like those Reddit things where you go, unpopular opinion, and then it's like, I prefer Pepsi to Coke. And it's like, yeah, well, a lot of people do. Like, statistically speaking, and only statistically yeah. speaking, that is an unpopular opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> unpopular. What, what's an opinion I have that people don't like? Um, you know, I sometimes I do think that. While I enjoy hitting in hockey, if they completely took hitting out completely, like you can rough them in the corners, kind of pin them or whatever, but there's like no hitting at all. I'd be fine with it. And I know some other people have said that, but a lot of people are like, oh, I still want some. Me too. But if they took it out, I wouldn't stop watching. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. Considering that I posted these in here, um, I should be a little more prepared, but I think... Uh, Here comes an off-the-cuff I guess the, I opinion. guess this isn't an unpopular opinion, but it is with the league. I think they just have to overhaul the point system. Yeah. It's the, the ranking point system, the standing point system. The system I propose would be kind of like the Premier League in soccer, where there are three points available to a winner. And what you'd do, you'd sort of give them the garbage loser point, where if it was a tie, you know, a winner would just get three points in the standing. Mm-hmm. But if it was a tie, they'd both get a point, and then overtime could be like it is now for the second point. Um, but, you know, you'd have to change it a little so that it was like 10 minutes of three on three, maybe. And yeah. then I don't even I don't even think you go to a shootout. If they get to 10 minutes and don't Fuck score, the then it's just out. each person gets one point, you know. That's um, kind of another thing with this league, too. Such a baby league where they're like, well, everyone makes the playoffs. It makes it more fun. That's like, oh, geez. So the reason the league would never go for that is because that means the Senators are out of it officially in, like, November. Mm -hmm. Whereas, I mean, we all knew they were out of it in August, but, you know, they had to pretend they were eliminated a week ago. You know, they still had a statistical chance, and that's just stupid. (laughs) And also, the Lightning would have, like, 298 points by that system, and that would be awesome. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, uh, Leah, uh, Leah CK 55 on Twitter, popular Blues Twitter personality. She's a influencer. Yes, as they say. Blues, she tweeted out, uh, unpopular opinion, Pokemon edition. I will kick this off by saying, Gyarados, Gyarados, however Mm -hmm. you'd like to pronounce it. A little bit overrated. 
just a little bit overexposed. Oh my goodness. He's cool, but is he that cool? I don't know. Wow. Maybe it's just because he's readily available in every single game mm. that I'm just kind of like, I get it with the Gyarados, but that's where I'm at. Looking at this picture of the starting 150, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, so maybe that's what it is, that your eye gets drawn to him, because initially when I was looking at this in our notes, I was thinking, I think my opinion is that Gyarados looks kind of stupid, actually. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then I like was like, I can't even have... I thought you were going to say my opinion is that Gyarados is the dope. It was like, no, that's everybody. <laughs> uh, no, because like my... My lock screen on my phone has, like, a Gyarados on it. And I think he looks more <laughs> badass than the one that's, like, in that picture. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That that Gyarados I'd train all day. Yeah. But I'm tired of hearing about the red Gyarados. We all get it. Oh, yeah. You, you all can... get red Gyarados. Yeah. He doesn't count as a shiny. <laughs> exactly. Um, unpopular Pokemon opinion. I guess I have, like, two. I don't know if they're unpop. Which one's unpopular, if either. But, like, they added a... Water starter forever. That's yeah, one. that's true. Too. They added a fairy type... Stupid type. Stupid. <laughs> it's a stupid type. They used it so just, it can beat dragon. Just like a classic buff. Yeah, they balancing. literally just made a <laughs> thing. Just made something up. And I beat. know that's kind of what they did with steel and dark, uh-huh. but it was like, those are cool. And fairy, like, I know this just sounds like boy, boy likes cool things, hates girl <laughs> things. But like, it's just. It has, like, one strength, and it has, like, two weaknesses on everything else that's neutral to it. I'm like, wow, it's not like they just made this to kill one thing. Well, also, they, like, weirdly retrofitted it to some existing Pokemon, do you, do but not. Like, yeah. Do like, why remember, is Mr. Like, Mime Psychic Fairy? Is he? Yeah, I think Ew. so. <laughs> do you remember, um... I only remember because people were doing that birthday thing we talked about a few oh, weeks yeah. ago, and one of them was Psychic Fairy, and... What's that Gen 2 Pokemon that's like a pink pit bull or pink like dog? Granbull, Snubble. Snubble, yeah. And then Granbull is like a fairy type. You're welcome, folks, who know nothing about Pokemon. Granbull's a fairy type, and that dude looks like a dark type. Yeah. That's very confusing to my child brain. Uh, (laughs) Which I still have. The second thing was that I think shinies are like... Way overrated. Just way overrated. Like, I hunted, if you go on Pokemon subreddit, what you gotta do. Which I do. (laughs) People are like, I got the shiny... I don't know, Sylveon. Oh, for one thing, I like... I had to hunt for it. And it's like, yeah, you spent, it, like, hours and hours to get this thing that's, like, it's green instead of blue. Yeah, and sometimes it's just, like, like a shiny Eevee is, like, a weird sickly gray instead of brown. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why Some would I Some of them are, like, that? awful colorings. And sometimes they're barely changed. A few of them are real close. Uh-huh. And I always think... I think they give you an effect when they pop up, like it does a little thing so you know. Mm. But every so often I'm like, I bet I have like a shiny that I like killed. Where I was Probably. like, oh, that. You didn't even yeah, realize. Yeah, I didn't realize that the, yeah. this EV is like eh, just a little darker brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways. Probably true. Um, favorite EV Lucian? Uh, Vaporeon. Good call. Good call. I don't know if I have a queer one. I like Glaceon only because I like Ice-type, even though they're empirically useless. Yeah. Who's the, who, see, you could buff, you could buff like, actual types that already exist yeah. instead of, like, making some new one. Um, what's the your least favorite evolution? So, it, it used to be, forgive me because I know you like him, Umbreon, just because yeah. I'm never drawn to Dark-type. I think it's Leafeon mm-hmm. for sure now. Do you know why? Because it's a stupid name. <laughs> it's a stupid They're name. Like, they we kind of gave try. a little cool ones. They're like, well, this one's 
a leaf type. ESP, which I actually just See, got. See, isn't that cool? I just got Yeah, they tried but, with these other ones. Yeah, absolutely. Le- this one's got a leaf on it. <laughs> leaf <Lucy> man. <laughs> like, might as well use the Mega Man typing greats. Indeed. Cut man. <laughs> Final Twitter question before we cue the Johnny Cash. Tony X again asks, what's one thing you wish you could delete from your memory just so you can experience it again for the first time? I gotta say, of all the like hypothetical weird Twitter questions I've ever seen, mm. this is bomb. This is a great question. Mm. A lot of people said the David Freeze home run game six, which would be up there for me. Uh, but other than that, what are you thinking of? Uh, Hockey-related is definitely... What is that? That was game two against the Hawks in like 2013 14 in the playoffs that like Tarasenko tied it in the last six seconds. Mm-hmm. I was there live with like a friend of my dad, and it was like bonkers. And they went on to win it off like a Jackman goal, you know, mm-hmm. the classic playoff Jackman goal, which, <laughs> which are, are true, thing. which were real things. <laughs> um, <laughs> not a joke. Um, but yeah, that was like insanity to me. That was the Bacchus where Bacchus got, got slammed. Um, it was like, well, we're going to lose, and then we didn't, and that's, like, think the loudest I've ever heard, whatever it was at that point, Scott Trade Center, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Um, anything else I'd delete? There's lots of things, but I forget to experience the first time. Sometimes movies, if you ever watch, like, especially when you're a kid because you've only seen so many things, mm-hmm. and then you watch, and to you, movies are all kind of the same, like, everything's the same quality, it's just a movie, and because you're a kid, they're all good. But then you see one that's, like, an actually good movie, and you're mm-hmm. like, Jesus Christ. And you're kind of, like, enthralled. <laughs> yeah. I think the first... I had read Harry Potter, oh, and I was like, these are cool. God. That's the answer for me. Thank you. Oh, I was like, oh, that. this is going to turn different, though. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that's Har- fine. Okay. That's fine. I read Harry Potter. I was like, Harry Potter's cool. Awesome. And the movie was coming out. And at the same time, the Lord of the Rings movie was coming out. Never heard of Lord of the Rings at age 10 or 11. As far as I could tell, Harry Potter ripoff. Never watched it in <laughs> Basically, theaters because I was like 10. And One of them is a ripoff of the other, so you're yeah. pretty much right. Well, just from looking at trailers and knowing nothing about it. And then I watched it like when it came out on DVD or something, just like at home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy fuck. That's the greatest this, thing ever Because you would have no, I had no idea what Lord of the Rings was. Yeah. I had no idea they put all this money into yeah. it and for it to look so amazing. And it's like three hours. Yeah. And that was one of those few instances and i think we talked about it when we talked about spider-man where like when it was getting to the end and you can tell i'm like no 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 no. we can't end like it's not over yet and then i didn't even know there were more Uh they're like oh there'll be like two more movies because there's two more books i was like you shitting me and i was like holy (laughs) cow it was oh it was so amazing i uh i would probably delete the um those movies for a different reason, that being I that I was them. once broken up with in the middle of one, of that Lord I didn't the finish with the girl that broke up with me. Can but... you come back? We just gotta finish this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, uh, that's a long story for a different day, but yes, literally just at one point during the movie, she was like, hey, can we pause this for a minute? Oh, and go no. oh my god, this <laughs> is giving me real... Real gross feelings inside. inside. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a fun story. But uh, we'll we'll just, you'll take your answer off air. Um, <laughs> game six, obviously. I mean, that's probably the biggest one. 
just because it was, you know, kind of an incomparable sports experience. Your point with movies, like, I'm not a big movie guy, but the ones I love, I adore. Mm-hmm. And one that came to mind was Monty Python and the Holy Grail, just yeah. because, like, I first saw that when I was pretty young, and I was a smart enough kid, but so much of that humor is just, like, the communist humor and stuff oh, is yeah. so highbrow. That's the stuff you were, like, thought was boring as yeah, a kid. Yeah, exactly. You're like, this part's the boring part. Yeah, and, like, so I knew it was coming when I, and I, it's still hilarious, but, like, to get all that for the first time, I'd probably friggin' die. John Mulaney, oh, hello, we were just yeah. watching, that'd all be dope. I'm trying to think of a hockey-specific one. And I feel like, Maybe that wild game that we won in the that you and I and and mm. our friend were watching at the um, ballpark village mm. where we won game five of the series just to see kind of that reaction because that's the best environment I've yeah. been in for a hockey game. Did that knock the wild out? We beat them in five games. I think yeah. so. Damn. Yeah, but from a from a sardonic perspective we were talking about it earlier this week (laughs) you and i we've gone to a fair few games together in our day but the funniest ending to one (laughs) was the game a couple years ago against the jets this was probably line a's first season yeah and uh the jets were just kind of like getting to be serious and we it went to overtime and the jets just won the face off, took it down, and scored. Like, eight seconds of overtime. Mm. That was the whole thing. And I think it was Line A who scored, man. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and it, as that puck went in the net, however many people were in Scott, Scott trade, let's say 13,700 or whatever, literally in unison, just went, well, and stood up and walked out. Like, it was... The smoothest, most <laughs> silent mass exodus of human <laughs> beings that, like, I I think you and I realized it at the time, but it was really after we got yeah. into the car that we were like, was that not the funniest shit you've ever seen? There was no, there was just no word. You normally get a crowd of, like, ah, <laughs> yeah. or anything. No one was, made any it noise. It was very, like, it was like the end of a meeting. It's like, oh, I think that'll do it. And people are just like, okay. Yeah. And just walk out to go back to their cubicles. It was literally that. I mean, it was just, there was no emotion. (laughs) It was just, as you kind of said the other day, it was like, okay, they've won the face-off. They're going to score. Let me confirm that they scored. And they scored. Let's leave. leave. It's a weeknight. We've got work in the morning. I've got shit to do. Uh, (laughs) So just from a pure kind of self self-immolating comedic perspective that'd be high on my list too but i'd love to hear any of your guys's thoughts on what you'd like to relive if we've forgotten something um yeah i guess you can uh subscribe like our podcast on itunes google play and the rest of it leave us a review we always yeah, appreciate that some real critical scathing <laughs> piece of shit yeah you know. but still five stars still five but, yeah stars. you gotta give it the five stars <laughs> um you know hit us up on twitter we always love hearing from you folks i do you have more words to say i don't have i thought you're gonna ask to do you do you like hearing from mumford folks? and sons uh covered hurt which we're about to oh, listen cool. to uh which that's kind of interesting is was strictly forbidden in my rule book i i realize yes that johnny cash's version is itself a cover yeah but he did it so well that in my mind i'm like just don't 
just don't tread that ground. But they did it pretty well. They did mm-hmm. really well. Uh, I wouldn't have thought his, namely Mumford's voice, would have been able to convey the same thing. But he did a good job. So it was cool. Um, so if I could, that file that I recorded that, too big, can't send it to you all illegally. <laughs> um, but we'll hear the real version in a minute. Any other thoughts? Hopefully next week will be a lot more fun, and mm-hmm. we'll be back, and we'll have more energy and excitement. I'm not something exciting on. to talk about. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you all for tuning in, and we'll talk to you real soon. Bye bye. What have I become, my sweetest friend? Everyone I know goes away in the end, and you could have.